stories, spirituality, pathways, and aliens. You're here on The Long Road Home. Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome to another Long Road Home mini-sode. I'm Chad. And I'm Emily. This is a moving mini-sode. Yes, part of our moving Minnesota series, if you will. Yeah, we got tons of Minnesotes coming up. It's gonna we were gonna skip a whole week, guys, but we decided that instead we would just do a bunch of Minnesotes as we move from one apartment to the other and just uh you know, take care of everything that we need to, including you guys. So it's my turn. I'm the first one. This is a late night Minnesota because it's getting released in the evening. There's some of my favorite. Also, it's paranormal. National Paranormal Day? National Paranormal Day. Yeah. Ooh, happy day. So I'm actually really happy this one is coming out a little later because I'm going to read you guys some spooky stories that I found, okay? So this is what our episode is going to be today. I'm really excited. I love Me scary too. story episodes. Before we start, we do hope you guys have had a wonderful National Paranormal Day, wherever you may be. And maybe you saw a ghost. Maybe you played with a Ouija board. I do love those. I think they're great. Interesting time of year for the National Paranormal Day. Yeah, May it 3rd. is. May 3rd. Right? I, I don't like, know. Summer's here. Like, I guess it doesn't in the feel southern very spooky. hemisphere, it's about to be fall. I guess, yeah. I, mean, I, yeah, I wish it was here, though. That's, but it's <laughs> national, so does that mean U.S.? I it's don't not know. International Paranormal Day. There's so it's a national, national day for day. literally everything. So now. that means that it is U.S. Paranormal Day. So why are we doing that on the st- at the start of May? Because this country doesn't make any sense anymore. I was trying to think if it was like a funny word thing, like May the Fourth be with you, right? Like what's May third? I don't Aunt. know. Anyway, I'll yeah. let you get into your spooky stories. All right. So the first one is my Chipotle is haunted. Okay. Yeah. With E. coli. It could be. <laughs> or Don't eat the cabbage. Or is it haunted with E. coli's past victims? <laughs> this comes to us from DC Rules with a Z. Oh, thanks, DC. I work as a service manager at a Chipotle that is rather understaffed. As the manager, I'm the last one out, and due to staffing, that's usually pretty late. To make matters worse, I commute by bike, so I like to get changed when I finish all my work. This means I'm usually alone for 15 plus minutes in the basement of a strip mall well after everyone else is gone. Pretty spooky place if you ask me to be in a strip mall at the end of the night. In a basement of a strip mall. Maybe sad. Maybe that's a better word. I think so. (laughs) I think, was there a basement at Columbia? No, that was just that back room. Yeah. We worked at at Columbia. We worked at a Columbia outlet when we were in Colorado. Boy, retail workers, I feel every single day in my heart you should just quit and leave and never go back to that place. Get a new job. I don't know. I don't know if fast food's any better, but it's something everything has to be better, right? And if you're going to a retail stop, how about you just be really kind? Just be really kind to that employee. Yeah. Because, man, they've been put through the ringer. I know it because I was. Yeah. True horror working in a service industry. I remember watching a lady one time just walk through the racks and, like, pick up clothes and just drop them. Just, like, not even, like, she didn't even, not to try on. She just like kind of held him up and then just dropped it. Yeah, all around the store. Just so the fanciest people come into the outlet. The noise of those people. Uh huh. Anyway, back to our story. I'm usually alone for 15 plus minutes in the basement of a strip mall, well after everyone else is gone from the entire area. Because of this, I've heard strange noises and felt presences behind me, and others have even mentioned being pushed down the stairs or reporting things like being thrown down. 
We have cameras that look down the staircase, and trust me, it's pretty weird to watch happen. So I guess he's seen Ooh, that happen. Ooh, that means they got it on tape. Yeah. But the worst, the worst, was that one night I was there alone until 2 a.m. doing a full inventory. The last employee left at 12.45. The building was locked down, and there was not another person in the entire strip. But by, by the way, I have a problem with that. I feel like your employer should not just leave you alone. Chipotle you don't care. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Chipotle, Chipotle don't, don't care. care. They just need to make sure they have all the taco meat. By 1.15, I heard a man and a woman arguing, but the sounds were coming from the solid concrete walls. Around 1.30, I heard breathing coming towards me, so I slammed the office door shut. That didn't stop the breath from coming up to my neck. I could feel pressure on my shoulders. That subsided by 1.50. At 2.10, I was getting changed in the storage room and took my bike out to set the alarm. The second I set the alarm, I hear the sounds of stomping boots running through the kitchen towards the back door where I was currently in the process of getting the fuck out. I never left the building so fast. Ooh. Yeah, it's pretty spooky. spooky. The running sound. Running ghosts, pretty scary to me. Yeah, absolutely. I like absolutely. The, the first comment. We got. I'm, I'm getting these stories from Reddit, and one of the comments is, when I saw the title, I thought you had ordered food from Chipotle and the food was haunted. I was about to say, who fucked up so badly the order was haunted? <laughs> Great story, though. I got to agree with you. Both of those things would be make for interesting tales, right? But this is a good story. Honestly, for a fast food haunting, not bad. I'd say it was that was definitely a spooky experience, but yeah. as far as ghost encounters go, that's like a pretty good one because you got out unscathed, but you have a really good story. Yeah. So our next story is about black-eyed children who we need to do an episode on at some point. They're super creepy. Like like black eyeballs or like they got a black eye. Now we're talking about kids with black holes for their eyes, not kids who have been hit in the face with the baseball that their brother threw a little too hard at them. Or I thought maybe even the ghost hit him in their sleep. Oh, just a bop. Yeah. Goddamn kid. Yeah. Fuck your kids. <laughs> Some kids are all right. Some kids are cool. Anyway. All right, so let's get into this one. This is not my story, but a story from a friend's great-grandfather. I have gotten permission to tell this story on here. This story takes place during the late summer in the 1960s in Osceola, Iowa, which was a very small farming community. My friend's great-grandpa, Bob, owned a farm out there. He had acres of corn, wheat, potatoes, etc., but corn was his main crop, so he had a huge cornfield. It was around 2 a.m. and his grandfather couldn't sleep, so he went outside to get some fresh air. When outside, he noticed something that looked like a child walking around in the cornfield. So, Bob ran back inside, and what else did he do? He grabbed his shotgun. He grabbed his double-barrel shotgun and woke the farmhand for backup. They combed through the cornfield in an attempt to find whatever was running around out there. After a while, they still couldn't find anything, so Bob told the farmhand to go back inside the house while he stayed on the porch to watch his cornfield. Then, he looks at the gravel road between his yard and the fence line that led to the cornfield, and standing on the road was a little girl around six years old or so, and she was wearing a white dress that made her look like she had just gotten out of church. And I think the black-eyed kids usually wear, like, very prim and proper clothes. Mm. That's what I've heard. Bob thought that his mind must have been playing tricks on him. So he tried to lay down on the couch to rest, but also still still stay somewhat alert. However, not even a minute after he laid down, he heard a knock on the screen door. He walked up to the door and slightly cracked the main door open. He sees the little girl and asked, May I help you? The little girl said, Mister, I'm lost and I don't know where my parents are. Can I come in the house and use your telephone? Bob felt uneasy and told her that he could get her a glass of water and that he can call her parents for her if she gave him the number. Wow, Bob. Yeah, Bob didn't feel comfortable letting her inside. He felt something was off about the little girl. However, the little girl insisted to be the one to call and talk to them. 
And Bob said, Young lady, it's two in the morning and I don't feel comfortable letting a stranger into the house, little girl or not. The little girl started to get agitated and said, I'm not leaving until you let me in and use your phone. That's great black-eyed child voice. Should I, would, I do a creepy voice? No, that's pretty creepy. Is it creepy? Okay. <laughs> For it to be two in the morning, that much pep, I don't get that until six in the evening. <laughs> do you want me to do it less pep? No, it's great. It's okay. great. Okay. Startled, Bob told the little girl that he was going to call the police to come pick her up so they can keep her safe and find her parents. He closed the door to go and call the police, and he heard somebody punch the door like a grown man. He walked back and cracked the door open again, but when he looked, he realized it was the little girl that punched the door. But when he looked at her this time, she didn't have any eyes. Instead, she had pitch black orbs instead of eyes, and she said in a deep voice, Let me in! Great. This is so great. So, Bob grabbed his shotgun. Yeah, you look like you're having a good time. I am. So, Bob grabbed his shotgun and pointed it at the little girl and told her no and to get out. After this, the little girl looks right into the barrel and then back up at Bob, smiled smugly at him and giggled, (laughs) and then she ran back into the cornfield and disappeared. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's messed up. Yeah, the creepy little kids, man. <laughs> so Not. is the black-eyed children, that's a thing. That's more than just like this story. Oh, it's yeah. A, black-eyed like a, kids are like a phenomenon. I did not know that. Yeah, kind of like the men in black. They're, I think they're seen together, I believe. I might be completely wrong. I've never heard anything about black-eyed children in all of my men in black really? research that I've done. Interesting. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, definitely, there's, they're definitely like a little bit more of maybe an urban folktale type deal as well. Well, they, sound, they seem more... This story seems more like demonic to me. Yeah, they're like than like weird. Yeah, like the black and the men in black is they're just they're kind of creepy, but it's also just like kind of wrong and weird. This one seems like um, negative energy. Like yeah, they're definitely intent- like you know like intent. They're a bad force, and I think they're like almost like an interdimensional being type deal. Um, but anyway, black eyed children. I'd, I'd love to do an episode on them sometime because they are fun to think about. Because this is just we it's kind of like and a, the men in black. Yeah, this is a Slenderman s top thing, I guess, where it's like it's just creepy enough to make you lock your doors at night when you're or you're like you're looking out the window and you're it's a little too dark, so you close the blinds. That's what I black eyed children say, though, does. If I had a small child come up to my door and ask to use the phone, I I don't know, I would have to get a lot of bad vibes in order to make a child wait outside at two. Really, I'd be like, stay out here. <laughs> a six year old girl Why at two out? in the What's morning. What's going on? Maybe something bad happened. I don't Maybe know. I'm just saying. Seems suspicious. Like, Maybe she's that, a part of a marauding group, and they're just waiting in the shadows. I'm just saying, way to go, Bob. Like, way to listen to your gut. Because yeah. I question my gut sometimes, and I feel like in that moment, I feel like I would fail this test. That's all I'm saying. I feel like I would yeah. fail this test. I'd be like, little girl, <laughs> here's a blanket and some hot cocoa. Come inside. Yep. And then, what do you lose? Everything. Your everlasting soul. Oh, what? <laughs> I don't know. For all helping right. a child? For helping a black-eyed child. Okay, so I think the next one is probably my favorite because there's one of the few joys that I have in my life are things like in the woods stories that you used to find on 4chan where people are out in the woods and they're like very scary, uncomfortable things happening. And a lot of those relate to military experiences. And those are some of my favorite spooky stories or things about like the experiences that of uh, soldiers that were in like Iraq and Afghanistan. They see strange lights and stuff like that. And this is a story from Iraq called A Terrifying Encounter While in Iraq by... Film Gorilla. Oh, also, the last story was from Swamp Puppy. So thanks for that, Swamp <laughs> thanks, Puppy. Swamp Pup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. This is called A Terrifying Encounter While in Iraq. 
I was a sergeant in the U.S. Army and ETSing, getting out from the military, when President Bush ordered more troops into Iraq in 2003. I had just returned to my home in Austin, Texas, when I was summoned into my local National Guard unit at Camp Mabry and told that I was being recalled to the Army, but the unit was already tasked out to deploy to Iraq. I was not part of their unit yet, so the commander offered to give me a waiver to deploy with a government contractor, Halliburton, in Houston. I knew that I would make more money as a contractor, so I took the offer. Yeah, but there's some good money working yeah. for a contractor. Working for, for Halliburton. Halliburton. They own everything. They own yeah. this house we're in. They own our dogs, me, you, our skin. I was going to say me and you, you mm-hmm. and me. Yeah, you guys too, the listeners. <laughs> Halliburton, we own everything. Not long after arriving in Kuwait at Camp Doha, I began working with the operations team overseeing logistics affairs. We could oversee the daily convoy of supply between Kuwait and Baghdad, a route riddled with IED incidents, small arms skirmishes, and almost constant breakdowns of army and civilian vehicles. Because I was a saw gunner in the 1st Infantry Division while in active duty, and was technically still in the guard, I was often in the convoys manning a mounted weapon that accompanied the mostly civilian convoys. During these runs, we had a few strange encounters in an area south of Baghdad known then as Camp Babylon. Occupied by French troops, but then designated an archaeological site for obvious reasons, Camp Babylon was set up in the area and was said to originally be inhabited by the famous Tower of Babel. Indeed, there were ruins that did look like a massive structure once stood at that spot. I had two strange incidents happening to me while passing through there. The first incident seems a bit benign, but sets the mood for the second. While we were passing through Camp Babylon in the afternoon one day when our convoy took small arms fire, the SOP at the time, standard operating procedure, was to stop the convoy and return fire. This was because, in the past, such incidents ended up being a long gunman attempting to scare the convoy into running into the IEDs on the road. Because of this, the SOP changed to stop the convoy, dismount, and return fire. While engineers looked for explosive devices on the road, we scanned the horizon for the enemy. Nothing. They most likely fled immediately. However, the ruins around Camp Babylon were alive with shadow figures that seemed to move about the area. What? Yeah. Several times, we would spot the figures and they would immediately disappear. A contractor lying beside me with his weapon commented how odd that we're in the shadow of Babel and fighting the supernatural. I didn't respond because that was a terrifying thing to fucking say to somebody in the middle of a firefight. But <laughs> I knew Seriously? he was a 32nd degree a 32nd degree mason who was really into the arcane aspects of Babylon, etc. That's a lot of degrees. How many degrees are in Freemasonry? Uh, a million? I have no idea. I don't know idea. either. If you know, email us. I didn't feel at the time that much was supernatural, but certainly did see the shadowy and bizarrely small figures dart about the structures. Once the road was deemed clear, we continued on to Baghdad. The second incident occurred about a month later. At this point, the weather in southern Iraq and Kuwait had turned quite cold at night. During this encounter, we had just completed the supply run to Baghdad and were returning back to Camp Doha in Kuwait when a vehicle in our convoy broke down. Once again, we found ourselves right at Camp Babylon. While the army mechanics began to look at the vehicle and the rest of us took up fighting positions around the area, strange things began to occur. It started with a strange light bobbing in the desert. Thinking it was a person with a flashlight, we used NVGs, night vision goggles, to watch. It was simply a glowing ball of light moving towards a set of ruins. Weird. Yeah. (gasps) After initial contact with the light, a few of us had moved forward away from the convoy to see what the source was. After seeing it was self-contained and not a person, we were a bit alarmed. Then we heard a sound that I will never forget. A long wailing began from one of the ruined structures or foundations not far away. It sounded like a woman in agony mixed with loneliness. Ugh, <laughs> that just gave me chills. Yeah, fucking freaky. They're already trying to figure out what the one weird thing is. And yeah. And then you hear something completely like... These, 
yeah. terrifying come out of the darkness. Yeah, Woo! these kind of stories really give me the wheelies because not only are these, I mean, as a soldier, you're in a place where you're very far from anything you're used to, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that also you could also extend that into like the things that are going on in the paranormal world in those places, right? And the stuff that the people there believe and stuff. And it's so, it's all very foreign to you. And when something like this happens and you start to feel, and you're in an ancient place, it's an ancient, there's ancient civilizations there. Seriously. It's just all, just as a giant combination of strangeness that leads to these really eerie moments. It's all a combination that leads to, fuck no. Yeah, seriously. They gotta go. And then you can't, because the vehicles broke down. (laughs) Okay, let's keep going. On and on the sounds went while we huddled in the cold and dark, wondering what the hell we were listening to. With our NVGs equipped, we used our flashlights to spotlight the ruins. If you've ever done this, you will know that a normal flashlight with night vision goggles looks like a massive beam of light. About this time, we were told via radio that the vehicle was repaired and ready to roll, so we decided to return to the convoy. I was slinging my saw over my shoulder when I noticed my contractor partner was staring at the ruins in horror. He was frozen. I shook him, and he snapped out of his stupor, quickly leaving the area with the rest of us. Once we were back at the camp, and it was pleasantly daylight the following morning, several of us were chatting about the encounter at Camp Babylon before our daily operations briefing. It was then that I remembered the terrified expression on the face of the contractor, so I asked him about it. He was obviously traumatized by the event, but still managed to explain that, as we were leaving our position on the sandy hill, he saw a tall, black figure standing beside the ruins. He was watching us as we were looking for him slash her slash it. He said he felt an instant wave of despair hit him and thought that he was going to die. He didn't remember leaving the area. His next memory was in the Humvee headed back to Kuwait. Wow. Yeah. Spooky. Spooky, spooky, spooky. I now write nonfiction books about haunted places for Llewellyn Publishing and have visited hundreds of reputedly haunted spots. But I'll never forget the wailing figure at the ruins of Babel. It's also worth noting that when I relayed this story to some of our Pakistani employees at Camp Doha and Camp Arivjan, they were also quite horrified. One of them, a translator we called Artie, said that we had encountered a jinn or a damned spirit and that we were lucky to be able to tell this tale. I was going to say it was a jinn! Yeah. A jinn! That's crazy! That's super creepy. Dude! Those those like, stories hit a little different than the other spooky stories. Absolutely! So like scary. Arabic yeah. Like the the whole jinn. Mm-hmm. Uh what would you call it? It's not a cryptid. It's a it's a it's a entity like a yeah, spirit. Yeah. That entity like they're Yeah, they're mean. They're mean and yeah, they'll fuck with you. And there's so many them. stories of them just like messing with people. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that one that was uh, the last one. I saved it for last because it was the spookiest to me. I would love to do an entire episode on those types of stories. I could just We probably get could. a collection of them. Oh, it'd be so much fun. Or oh, sorry. I was thinking of the specifically of the jinn, but No, I would love to do just like uh overseas army horror yeah, or stories. Yeah, like expat. Yeah, ex- ooh, expat horror stories would be good yeah. too. I had never thought about that because you hear about a lot of like the giants in Afghanistan. I've heard about wolf creatures, uh, similar experiences to this that people have had strange sounds and stuff like that. The wailing of a woman is the one that you hear. Yeah. Repeatedly. Yeah, in the ruins of Babylon. (gasps) Yeah. Mega scary. But for now, that's where we're going to leave it. And that's the mini-sode, everyone. Happy Paranormal Day! Happy Paranormal Day, guys. Thanks so much for listening. We seriously appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed the stories. I I know I did. I did, too. You found some good ones. Yeah, thank you. 
Well, guys, um, like I said, we're going to be doing moving minisodes for the next week, week and a half, possibly through the end of next week. We don't really know just yet. Just depends it's on all how up this in the move air. goes. Yeah, exactly. It yeah. depends on how rattled we are by everything. But we're just going to keep pumping out content like this for you guys, so just keep checking back. It's gonna We're going to keep like a similar schedule, so like Monday and then again on Friday until everything's uh, back to normal, and then we'll go back to our regularly scheduled programming. We'll have a podcast room, you guys. Yeah, I'm so excited. We don't ever have to like pack and unpack this Do stuff if we don't want to. Do you know what we've been doing for this podcast? Yeah, have we ever so, shown you evidence? No, we should take a picture of this because it's probably the last time we'll do it in here. I'm taking a selfie right now. Yeah, so basically we have, um, and you will see it, there are quilts, and I'm in my underwear because I have pulled my hip flexor, so I'm sitting here in my underwear with a heating pad on my leg. There's a, We have a quilt strung up behind me. There's a quilt strung up behind Emily. We are in a very small, like, 80-foot space and just crammed in here telling you guys stories. And this is how we've been doing it the entire time, so yeah. we're going to have a full-on space we to We actually this have now. an extra room. Yeah. Specifically for this, we're very excited. It's going to be so nice, and it's going to, you know, we're going to be gonna so legit. Yeah, it's going to make us even better. Anyway, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt the flow. Just no, thought I'd let no, you guys know good. what's been happening. I'm, I'm excited. I really am excited to be in like a bigger place. We've been living in a two-room apartment for five years, so it's time, it's time to step it up a notch. Yeah, you know? spread our wings a little bit. Let them breathe. Yeah, yeah, let that let sweat out. But, All right. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna, just going to say, I will pop that selfie up in our Discord. And yeah, speaking of Discord. You can find us on Discord by clicking on the link on our Instagram or Twitter at the underscore LRH underscore pod. Guys, join the Discord. It's totally free and it's growing all the time and we would love to see you there. Absolutely. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook at the LRH pod and you can reach us via email at the LRH show at gmail.com. If you want to contribute to the podcast, you can find us at patreon.com slash the LRH podcast. We love our patrons, guys. We're going to be, we are trying constantly to come up with new ways to impress them and give them shiny things. So I think we should do the gateway process together with our patrons. Ooh, that would be really fun. That would be really, really cool. I'd like to, we, we're, we're, we're going to figure out something <laughs> like official for them very, very soon. We'll do a survey or something to figure out what you guys are interested yeah, in. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Maybe the document, I liked the documentary idea, do a documentary every like week or two weeks or yeah, something like that like and we can all discuss club. or something that would be really fun too cool. anyway we'll figure we're ah, gonna figure all that out do you hear it do you Join. hear all the good ideas yeah they're just happening they're floating in the air right now you can they just are. pluck them right out yep and that's why you should join us on patreon and that's it right oh also uh don't forget guys if you're listening to us on a platform that you can review our show on please do give us some stars let us know what you think about the episodes if you're listening on apple i know you can so what are you waiting on if you're yeah. listening on anything else, I don't know, maybe. Uh, I know there are places YouTube, that you can. like and subscribe on YouTube. Yes, please do. On Spotify, it's really just about the downloads. On Apple, give us a review. On Instagram, you can like our posts, but also saving our posts. Save If you save our posts, it helps uh, um, us beat the algorithm even more. So Yeah, we always are in a constant battle with an uh, invisible robot that we can't see. And exactly. we need your help to beat it. Yeah, and those are the ways that you can do it. Yeah, and that's it. That's all the things. All right, guys, we'll be back later this week with another another moving mini-sode, but Ooh. for now, as always, thanks for joining us on... Join the- us next time on... God damn it. Every time. I say that wrong. I've said that wrong every single time. Every... For almost two months. Time. Yeah. I don't know. One more time. And as always, join us next time on The, the Long, Long Road, Road Home. Home. We'll see you guys later this week. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys. See you later.